welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. It's your host, Amaka. I hope everyone who is out there listening is doing well. If you're going through a challenging time, I'm sending you love and support. And I hope that you find yourself on the other side of whatever you're going through right now. I hope you find yourself on the other side very soon. Um, so how am I doing? I'm doing well, I would say. I have, it's a Monday when I'm recording. This episode is going to be the one that is going to post on the 15th of this month. So I'm recording a few days prior, plan to edit and get it up just in time. So with that, you know, I am doing great. I'm doing good. I have a busy week ahead of me. Today was a little bit busy, not too much. I did a quick Trader Joe's run to get one ingredient that I needed to meal prep. I dropped my husband off at the train station so that he could go to work. I tend to be off on Mondays, so I don't see patients on Mondays. I sometimes do admin work, like I might have phone calls with other providers or if I'm feeling really motivated work-wise I might write some notes some patient notes but today I didn't really do anything work-related I just had it in mind that I had to record and I am recording in the evening time it's about 8 40 something in the evening and it's not my favorite thing to do to record in the evening I like when I know you know today's a podcast day I like to wake up and get it done within the first few hours of the day like I like to be done recording by noon but today I knew I would be home I'm home recording and There's a lot of noise that I would have caught if I recorded during the day. So we have two dogs and one of the dogs spends most of her day outside barking at people. (laughs) So if I did it in the morning, I would have caught, you know, barking. I would have caught cars passing, honking, people talking, all that stuff. So the neighborhood really calms down. In the evening time, I bring the dog in so she's quiet. And yeah, so as far as recording from home goes, this is the best time for me. Like I said, not my favorite time because I don't like to like remember, oh, I have to record a podcast. I like to be like, oh, I've recorded the podcast already, you know, because I've done it in the morning. But, you know lives you know with transitions and all this stuff although I I wouldn't even really say I'm still transitioning but with my new or with my newly established schedule now living in a different place you know I need to adjust I need to make some changes and sometimes I have to record in the evening not my favorite thing to do but we got to get it done and no ifs ands or buts about it So, like I said, I have a busy week ahead of me. 
I have almost a full day of patience tomorrow and then I am going in the evening to see Alex Isley who is singer that I came to know last year and absolutely love her most popular single I believe is good and plenty that's the name of the song and then she has a remix with Masego who is also an artist that I love so much so she is performing at the music hall of Williamsburg tomorrow Tuesday this the 13th and I'm gonna go see her so I'm very excited about that Thursday, I have a networking happy hour and I have a farewell happy hour. So I have two happy hours to go to on Thursday. One is part of this like networking, this black networking group that I'm a part of. They have happy hours, I think, once a month and I haven't been to one. So I wanted to go. And um, the event after that is a farewell party for a doctor who used to work at my old job. She's also leaving and starting a new position. I really liked her. I really loved working with her when I was there. So I try to keep in contact and she invited me to the party. So I'm going to go, which I think will be nice. See some coworkers that I haven't seen in a while. Catch up you know, mingle a little bit, and then I'll probably just come home. And then Friday, I am going to a screening of The Woman King that stars Viola Davis. I'm very excited for that movie. And the networking group doing the happy hour on Thursday is hosting the screening on Friday. So I am very excited to go and uh, see the movie and, you know, keep meeting people and just having a good time. And then Saturday, I have brunch scheduled with two people who I recently met and we kind of clicked. So we decided to schedule brunch. So that's going to be Saturday. So like I said, this week is busy. (laughs) This week is busy. And shameless plug my newsletter my first newsletter is coming out this uh it'll be the day that you are listening to this my newsletter will be out it's called the mid-month mental health newsletter I called it the mid-month mental health newsletter because it's going to be coming out in the middle of the month the 15th of every month and I'm very excited to have it be coming out Right now, I'm just a little bit stressed, <laughs> but and and for this month's newsletter, I'm kind of like, oh, I just want it to be out already because I just keep rereading and rereading because I really don't want to put it out with any like typos or mistakes or anything like that. And yeah, like you have like spell check and everything, but sometimes it doesn't catch all that like grammar or like, you know, a word that's spelled correctly, but incorrectly with the context, you know, that type of stuff. So I'm being a little bit anal about, you know, making sure it's perfect, quote unquote, and, you know, getting it out to my subscribership that have signed up so far. So just a little synopsis of what I'm talking about 
in this newsletter for the month, I'm talking a little bit in more detail about why I left my old job. And then I'm talking about an episode that New York Times is the daily podcast did a few weeks ago about the adolescent mental health crisis. If you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend it. It was very sad, but very insightful. And then I am talking about intrusive thoughts, different types, and what you can do to manage them. And I will also be talking about what I'm reading right now, what I'm watching right now, And also, I did like a little highlight of the podcast turning one, which is a big fucking deal. It's a big deal. (laughs) It's a big deal. When I think about it, I still, I don't, I think there was maybe one time where I got like weepy eyed, you know, because this podcast is the first thing in my whole life. The first thing in my whole life that I have done on the strength of self-accountability. Like, there have been so many things that I have, so many ideas I have fallen in love with and I have gotten so excited with the novelty of, you know, doing it and then maybe I get started and the novelty wears off and you know you start to really get into the weeds and grinding and whatever and then it just falls off or I hit a speed bump or a snag and I'm not sure how to figure it out and I just give up but I said I was gonna start this podcast I was mulling the idea over for like six months I remember like the first half of 2021 I was like, I want to start a podcast, but I wasn't quite sure about what. And then I think I mentioned this in the trailer or maybe the first episode. Like I got the idea for this podcast when I was in the shower and I was like, oh, duh, of course, this would be what I talk about books, which are my favorite thing in the world and mental health topics because that's the field that I'm in and I'm passionate about it and I want to do my part to get the word out there and you know it's focused on people like me women like me black women like me you know everyone is more than welcome to listen but like I envision the people listening I envision the people I'm speaking to to be like the people who I'm closest to you know my closest friends, my sister, my cousins, like the people that have inspired me the most, the people that have lifted me up the most, the people that have just done the most for me and have played a huge role in getting to where I am today. So it's like a labor of love for me, for myself, for my future self, for my past self too and for anyone who is out there who relates to me that is listening so yes happy birthday to the bibliotherapy for black women podcast and i am looking forward to what comes from this podcast 
I have a lot of ambitions for it. I hope that it becomes something bigger and more impactful. And I hope it is a vehicle for other opportunities. Quite frankly, it's always going to be a priority for me, but I can see how it can morph and transform into something bigger. And if it does, I'm not going to shy away from those opportunities. I'm not going to feel like I am not worthy. I am going to reject any idea of not being prepared or it being too big for me. Like I am just going to say yes, you know, if it sits well with me, if I feel like it's the right decision for me, I am going to accept and I'm going to let whatever comes from it come to me. So yeah, this podcast is turning one and I do not know how to act. But yeah, so that is way, way longer than I had planned to talk about myself. I have been thinking, first off, there's no book this episode. I have a particular topic on my mind that I want to talk about. And from obviously you see that the title of the episode, I took the Myers-Briggs 16 personalities quiz and I am quite, I was quite surprised at how accurate it was. So I want to talk about the results. But before we do that, I wanted to talk quickly about something I've been thinking about for a little while and I wasn't really sure what to call it so I'm just gonna kind of like talk as I process it what to call it but I was thinking about kind of being overly dependable or overly responsible as a trauma response And, you know, obviously I'm going to explain what I'm talking about. For me, I've always wanted to be someone that people can rely on and someone that people can depend on, someone that people see as responsible. And, you know, if they need something, I'm there to help. You know, if there is something that I am tasked to do, I will do it. You know, I will meet the expectations. I will exceed the expectations. But I've really been thinking about it. There was something that happened recently, nothing bad, but just something that like I that had me really thinking about what how I was raised And how it still impacts me now. Because if I find ultimately that there is a role to fill in terms of someone needing to be responsible or someone needing to be dependable or to do this or to take care of that, I usually feel like I naturally just have to do it. Or I will feel compelled to fill that role without anyone really asking me to do it. So this is where like the characteristic of over-dependability or over-reliability or being overly responsible comes in. 
because I was really thinking about why I put this on myself. Like sometimes I'll do things for people that they didn't even ask. And, you know, and this is separate from just like kind gestures that you're doing out of love, you know, and out of the kindness of your heart. That's separate from that. It'll just be like me volunteering to do something that I really don't need to be volunteering for. I have enough on my plate and yet, you know, I am saying I'll do this. I was just thinking about how I think it stems from my childhood, you know, growing up, being the oldest of four, growing up in a Nigerian household, just the amount of responsibility that is heaped on you as the oldest child and you're the daughter. Let me just say, if I have a daughter, I'm not going to do that to her. (laughs) You know, it's just too much. And particularly with my father, I would say less so with my mom. I didn't feel this as much with my mom. More so with my dad, I felt like his love for me was conditional based on being able to meet his expectations. How responsible was I? How reliable was I? How dependable was I? How much did I not need to be told what to do, how, to what degree could I anticipate needs in the house, to what degree could I be, you know, overly exceptional in school, you know, things like that. Um, I felt growing up that making sure or feeling like I had my father's love and approval was based on what I could do. So that has not gone away, I realize. And particularly with folks who are older than me, you know, aunties or, you know, grandparents or whoever, like people within my parents' age, like, you know, I find that I want to continue to portray um, a sense of being responsible and being dependable and reliable and being able to anticipate needs before they're expressed or, you know, offering to help before it's asked or, you know, things like that. I think... I do that from a place of trauma and fear because in my mind, mind you, like I said, like I'm actively working through this, like actively, mind you, my mind still very much is like, oh, if I do this in, in the most primitive terms, my mind is like, oh, if I do this, I know they love me. Like, if I do this, I know they love me or I know I'm maintaining their love for me. And I wonder, too, if that's part of why acts of service is my love language. Like, no, no other love language comes close to acts of service. Like, I I don't even know how to process sometimes when someone performs an act of service for me because 
I had to do everything growing up and I didn't feel like I could ask for help. The only people who I felt like I could ask for help sometimes were my brothers. And even then it wasn't all the time because they wouldn't do the thing I wanted them to do in my quote unquote way. So I oftentimes just had to do the thing. Yeah, so I wonder if that's part of the reason why acts of service is my love language. I, I just, that's just how, that's how I show love. But a part of me too wonders if it's rooted in fear of losing love from the people that matter to me the most. So I've been thinking about this and I'm like, where does it come from? I know where it comes from. It comes from my upbringing. It comes from my father portraying himself being so, and I say portraying himself because I don't really know if this is who he truly is or this is like the example he wanted to show us as our dad, but he was just all about accomplishments. Like, what are you, like, how well are you doing in school? How are you maintaining the home? Like, you know, did you do this? Did you do that? It was a lot. It was a lot. And it, like, ingrained in me this idea that obtaining love or maintaining love from him was dependent on maintaining a certain level of excellence, whether in school or a level of dependability and responsibility at home. And with that, because the expectations felt so high, I would go above and beyond. And I find that I still go above and beyond now and as an adult when I don't have to, when it's uncalled for. And when I have enough on my plate and I'm overexerting myself and I might get mad at the person who (laughs) I'm doing it for and then get mad at myself, like, (laughs) it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, (laughs) But what I am thankful for is that I am, you know, it's all about awareness, really. Like awareness, self-awareness is... I would say one of the keys to a better life. If you are aware of what is happening to you, that is half the battle. Because you're like, oh, okay, I see this. So now what do I do? If you can't see something, then you have no roadmap. You don't know where to go. You don't even know that there's something to do because you don't know that there's something to be aware of that needs addressing. But I really am thankful for the fact that like, if I feel a certain way, or if I'm doing something or performing a particular behavior, like it has gotten easier and easier. I call it like, it's like a muscle. It's like building a muscle. Like, I'm like, why do, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Why am I doing this? Why do I feel compelled to do this? Why do I feel compelled to offer my help with this thing when I know I already have enough on my plate? You know, why am I feeling like this needs to be perfect, quote unquote? 
you know? So with this particular thing that I'm dealing with right now, I was like, why do I feel like I need to step into this role that has been temporarily made vacant? Why do I feel like I have to step into this role and perform responsibilities that are not my own? Because I feel like it will help me maintain or in this case, it will help me maintain the love of the people it will help. But I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. The love is there. The love is there. The love is not going anywhere. The love is independent of whether I do this or I do that. The love is independent of whether I make these mistakes or I don't meet these expectations, you know? And that was a load off for me (laughs) because it was, it was a lot. It was a lot growing up, you know, and it's not a position I hope anyone to be in. It's not something I'm going to put on my own kids. I'm going to make sure that they know that my love is there for them, whether they do the thing or they don't do the thing, you know, whether they're an A student or a C student, whether they go one path in life or another. Like, I want them to know that my love is unconditional and independent of what they do, of what they produce. Yeah, that's definitely one lesson that I've learned. And I hope I'm not rambling. I hope this thing that I'm describing makes sense. And I really wonder if there's anyone out there who experiences the same thing. Like, I feel like, I feel like pretty much with everything, I'm, I'm not a unicorn. Like, I'm pretty sure there are people out there that have experienced this, but I have just never heard anyone talk about it. I really don't think so. I don't think I've heard anyone talk about it, about how you might be, I guess, you know, in the form of people pleasing. Yes, um, I have definitely heard of the concept of people pleasing. I understand that for what it is. But I guess maybe this is that in a different way. I don't know. But that's just how I was processing it, like being overly responsible, being overly dependable, overly reliable, because you feel as though the love that that person has for you is dependent on what you do or what you produce or the level of excellence you can maintain. That is what I grew up in, but that's not what I'm in now. But my body still operates that way. My mind still operates that way. And I am now in the space where I am pushing back. I'm pushing back on it. So I just wanted to share that. If anyone is hearing this and it is resonating, email me, DM me. Like, I want to know if if it is hitting a nerve with anyone who is hearing what I'm saying. So, yeah kind of processing that right now and um if I if I have any other like revelations quote-unquote I'll definitely share but I'm just happy that I understand where I am and I am aware enough to where like I'm not jumping 
into that default mode. I am cutting myself some slack. So yeah, let's move on. Like I said, I wanted to talk about this Myers-Briggs personality quiz. So you take this quiz. I took it because my husband took it and he wanted me to take it. So I think he got um, the debater, which is... The debater is an ENTP personality. And I got uh, advocate, which is INFJ. And I answered the questions as honestly as I could. And some of the things that the results said about me were very targeted and spot on. So I just wanted to talk about it. Uh, So yes, I am an advocate personality, INFJ-A slash INFJ-T. And just quickly, who is an advocate, INFJ? An advocate is someone with the introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging personality traits. They tend to approach life with deep thoughtfulness and imagination. Their inner vision, personal values, and quiet, principled version of humanism guide them, guides them in all things. So the characteristics that they use to describe this personality is on, is on the nose for me. I am definitely introverted, like 1000% that's un, that's not debatable my intuition i pride myself on being very intuitive and being able to kind of discern what my inner voice is telling me and that's like a muscle that i strengthened over i would say my 20s when i moved to my first apartment by myself and lived alone it was really getting to know who i was i feel a lot I can be very emotional. My moods can drive how I feel in any particular moment. It can elevate my day. It can depress my day. Um, I've gotten better with being just kind of like more stable, you know, because that can be exhausting. So, yes, I can. I'm a very deep feeling person, very deep feeling, very emotional. I've gotten better with kind of controlling them in a healthy way, but still very much feeling them because emotions are a part of us. They, we have them for a reason. I just want to be able to, I don't, I want to manage them. Like I don't want them to manage me, you know? And then judging personality traits. Judginess definitely has a negative connotation. I would say I was a lot more judgmental in the past But as I've gotten a little older, I've definitely gotten a lot less judgmental. And I feel like you have to be a higher level of non-judgmental, especially when you're in my field and you're talking to people every day who are in their most vulnerable state and are telling you things they wouldn't even tell their family. So I am happy that I have made that shift and I have made it early in life. Because that's really something I've been working on. 
you know you don't you really don't know what a lot of people are going through and there is really no ground you have to stand on and judge anybody so that is true to a degree but not so much anymore so just a couple of things they talked about how Advocates have lofty goals and ambitions. That's big for me. I am very ambitious. I would say some goals I have. I definitely daydream about things I want to accomplish that some people, if I told them, they might think I'm crazy. I see myself writing a book or two in my lifetime. I see myself like speaking to large crowds of people I see myself like I'm I'm really not trying to limit myself like if if the right opportunity came along you know I could be in a movie I could play a role on a tv show like I'm really not trying to limit myself so you know I I plan on opening my own psychiatric practice. Like, you know, I want to travel the world. Like, there's so many things I want to do. I don't even know how I'm going to get them done. But I just know that they're all goals for me. And I'm going to figure it out, you know. Um, They might not be goals that I accomplish tomorrow or even next year or even the next 10 years. But they're all things that I want to at some point later, later, later in life, be able to look back on and be like, I did that, you know? So that's very true. Um, They talk about how conscientious to the core, they move through life with a clear sense of their values and they aim never to lose sight of what truly matters, not according to other people or society at large, but according to their own wisdom and intuition. I feel like this has become truer for me as I've gotten older and like I said been able to hear my inner voice a lot better and listen to my gut quicker um question things in the world question how things are question why they are that way question if they need to stay that way um I've been doing a lot of questioning over the past year or so about how why things are the way they are and why they need to be that way you know particularly in my life just to see like how I can improve things and how I can make my life easier more easeful more impactful so I'm kind of letting my my gut and my intuition tell me what's right for me so I find that to be very true too they talk about how we seek purpose And I find that to be very true for myself as well. I feel like I have found a degree of purpose in my life, not all of it, but a large part of it with the field that I'm in and the fact that I feel like I am positively impacting people every day with the job that I do. So I find that to be true as well. Um... When it comes to connecting with others, it says advocates may be introverted, but they value deep, authentic relationships with others. Few things bring these personalities as much joy as truly knowing another person and being known in return. This is very true for me. The concept of friendships for me has been something I've thought about a lot I would say over the last few years, um, the friendships that I made when I was younger 
are definitely not as deep as the ones I have now. Um, I don't even really talk to anyone. I only talk to one person from high school. I talk to a couple people from college, but like my deep, deep friendships are ones that, you know, I have cultivated over the last couple of years. The person that I reconnected with in high school, we have gotten to be closer. And then the nursing school classmates that have turned into close, close friends are, you know, very important to me. And they're not many, but they are very consequential to me. And I've learned so much from those people and I really regard them highly and I really value our friendships. And I could probably count on one hand how many like close, close, close friendships I have. Like there are people that I know who are amazing people. I have good friends, people who like I may not talk to all the time but when we see each other like it's all love we chat like not a day has gone by but then there are the folks that I keep in more consistent communication with and we are on the same page we are vibrating at the same energy level like we are thinking the same thing sometimes you know, we'll think about each other. And then sometimes I'm thinking about those friends and they will like text me or send me a voice message. You know, it, 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 it can run pretty deep. So I really value the quality of friendships and I really don't need many friends. I, I feel like I wanted to have a lot of friends when I was younger, but I don't find that to be so important anymore. Like just a handful of good friends that you can just hit up randomly on any given day tell them about you know a silly thing or talk about deep deep stuff and you know experience life with you know so that's very true it continues thoughtful and compassionate advocates pour a great deal of energy and care into their relationships um And it mentioned that uh, advocates, too, if they don't feel like it's reciprocated, they take it to heart. I find that to be true for me, too. Like, because if you are really important to me, if I really care about you, um, I'm going to put the effort in. But if I feel like or if I see that I'm doing all the work or doing all of the reaching out If it's like very one-sided, then I may pull back because, you know, that's a lot of energy to exert if it's not being reciprocated. And obviously you give people the benefit of the doubt. It's never going to be 50-50, but at least if the seesaw is, you know, balancing and tipping on one end and then another and then another end. And then, you know, if it's if it's consistently or, you know frequently enough going back and forth then you know that's just life sometimes you need to reach out a little bit more to a person sometimes they need to reach out to you a little bit more because you're going through things but if the seesaw is virtually slant and (laughs) all the weight is on one side and it's never turning the other way then when when I feel like a friendship is going that way then I kind of retreat because like I said 
especially nowadays with being busy and everything it takes a lot to maintain friendships and you want to feel at least a degree of reciprocity at least a degree of it so yeah I found that to be true too let me go to strengths and weaknesses so strengths for the advocate personality is creative insightful principled passionate altruistic I would say of all of these strengths, I identified most with insightful, which they describe these personalities know all too well that appearances can be misleading. Advocates strive to move beyond superficiality and seek out the deeper truths in life. They can give them an almost uncanny ability to understand people's true motivations, feelings, and needs. Principled also to advocates tend to have a strong belief. Advocates tend to have strong beliefs and values, particularly when it comes to a matter of ethics. When advocates talk about topics close to their heart, their conviction and heartfelt idealism can inspire and persuade even the sternest of skeptics. Passionate is a big one. Advocates crave a sense of purpose in life rather than living on autopilot or sticking to the status quo. They want to chase after their ideals. This isn't a personality type that shies away from big dreams. In fact, advocates are energized and impassioned by the beauty of their visions for the future. Um, And then you have altruistic and creative, which I identify with uh, less so, um, but to a degree as well. And then weaknesses sensitive to criticism. I find that to be true for myself, although I've gotten better especially if it's coming from a very good place and it is entirely constructive, I will take it. I will take it because it's only going to make me better. So it's pretty much what it's saying too. Advocates aren't averse to feedback. That is unless they believe that someone is challenging their most cherished principles or values. When it comes to the issues that are near and dear to them, people with this personality type can become defensive or dismissive. Reluctant to open up. It will take me a while if I don't know you um but less so if I really have like if I really get good energy from you and I just like click with you I might open up sooner but it continues on to say advocates value honesty and authenticity but are also private I am I I would definitely characterize characterize myself as a private person they may find it difficult to open up and be vulnerable about their struggles, not wanting to burden someone else with their issues. That is huge. That is huge for me. That is like, I cannot overstate how true that is. <laughs> that I don't like to open up sometimes because I don't want to bother people, one, and I don't want to burden people. So I struggle with that. And I really have to feel like you want to know what's going on with me, what's wrong with me. Like, I almost need to hear you say, talk to me, tell me what is happening for me to really like start opening my mouth and talking. So that's very true. Perfectionistic, the advocate personality type is all but defined by idealism. While this is a wonderful quality in many ways, it doesn't always leave room for the messiness of real life. Advocates might find it difficult to appreciate their jobs, living situations, or relationships if they're continually continually fixating on imperfections and wonder whether they should be looking for something better. So I feel like I've gotten better with this. Um, I am not 
trying to attain perfectionism because I feel like that will prevent you from getting started with a lot of things and it will get it will prevent you from enjoying life. So I would say that, you know, it was more of an issue for me before, less so now. I do think I still struggle with getting into the weeds sometimes, though, with things that I don't like and I will let it kind of overshadow the bigger picture. But I am working on my awareness with that, too. Hmm. Okay, let's continue on. I want to highlight what they said about workplace habits because it hit the nail on the head with like me leaving my old job and wanting to do something new. When it comes to working under the search for purpose, it says for advocate personalities, jobs that involve helping and connecting with people can be deeply satisfying. It's no surprise then that many advocates gravitate toward work as counselors, therapists, psychologists, social workers, teachers, yoga instructors, and spiritual leaders. They may enjoy service industry positions that allow them to interact directly and build genuine relationships with their customers. Careers in healthcare can also be rewarding options, including occupations such as nursing, physical or occupational therapy, medicine, nutrition, or more holistic paths such as acupuncture. So my job fits right into this category as a psych nurse practitioner. And it continues on to many advocates are passionate communicators. This explains why they're often drawn to careers in writing. I love to write, creating many popular books, blogs, stories, video games, and screenplays. I feel like my newsletter fits right into this too. It could be categorized as a blog in a way. It continues on. For people with this personality type, the opportunity to tell stories for a living can be nothing short of a dream come true. Other advocates might pursue music, photography, design, illustration, or fine art. Even in these artistic pursuits, even if these artistic pursuits aren't their primary job, many advocates find the creative side hustles offer a much needed outlet for the themes and ideas that occupy their imaginations. This podcast fits right in. Like (laughs) when I was reading this, I'm like, wow, like this is crazy. This podcast fits right into that. Those last couple of sentences is kind of wild. Okay, a sense of mission. Advocates are incredibly versatile, but some work environments may rub them the wrong way. This is especially true of workplaces that offer little independence or agency, forcing employees to adhere to rigid, repetitive protocols without regard for their individual needs or strengths. People with this personality type may also chafe at the criticism and pressure that come with cutthroat competitive work environments. For this reason, many advocates seek out more flexible, autonomous positions or branch off altogether to start their own businesses. They may also find it gratifying to create bridges between seemingly disparate professional fields, for example, by writing about psychology or being an environmental lawyer. Such hybrid careers can offer plenty of opportunities for advocates to exercise their creativity and their love for learning. So this piece that I just read is spot on with my transition to from my old job to my new job. The first paragraph pretty much described kind of the culture of my old job, very micromanagey. I had no 
autonomy on my schedule. I wasn't involved in the decision-making processes for things that impacted me. And it really started to weigh on me to the point where like I was really like down about it. And as a result, I left that position and I'm now in a situation where it's much more flexible. I'm in charge of my schedule. I am almost completely autonomous. And, you know, I have aspirations in the future to have things of my own, to have my own business, to have my own practice. So this is like so, so accurate. When I was reading these descriptions, I was like, wow, like, I usually don't put any, I usually don't give personality quizzes much credit. That's why, like, I didn't even do the quiz right when my husband asked me to do it. Like, I was like, is it really gonna really um, tell me anything I I don't already know? Um, And, you know, a lot of things I know already, but the degree of precision with these descriptions, I was just like, wow, like, And the fact that a lot of what it's describing, I kind of went through recently was like, oh, wow. So, yeah, I would recommend, you know, just go. I'll even put the link of the quiz in the description of the podcast. So if you're interested in taking the personality quiz, seeing what you get, seeing if the descriptions fit you or if you completely disagree, like, let me know, like, uh, DM me on Instagram, be like, Hey, I took the personality quiz. This is what it said. I agree. I don't agree. Or email me. I would really, really, really love to know. Cause I was really surprised at how well it described not only who I am, but like the type of things that were going on with me, particularly professionally. So yeah, that's it for this episode. As always, so, so, so thankful and appreciative of you guys for listening. I've been saying this, but you know, if you want to reach out to me, please do. I want to hear from you guys. Hit me up, DM me on Instagram. My handles are in the description box. Email me at the email address, btbwpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review the podcast. If it has positively impacted you, please share to anyone who you think will like this episode or like previous episodes, please subscribe to my newsletter. I'm looking forward to getting that out every month. And as always, I really appreciate you guys listening. Like it's never, it never gets old. It never gets old for me. The fact that I put this content out there and there are people that, you know, choose to listen. It's kind of wild. So yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Always love you guys. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.